Okay, it's uh, 7 January. It's Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report, the first one for the year. Nominee, the stupidest man on earth. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, let's see here. From the Times of Israel, Israel Logistics Startup Forges Overland Trade Route to Bypass Houthi Red Sea Crisis. Unbelievable. Trucknet Enterprise, an Israeli smart transportation company, has forged agreements this month to facilitate an overland trade route for the transfer of goods from the Persian Gulf through, listen to this, Saudi Arabia and Jordan to Israel, bypassing the Red Sea Waterway which is currently a target of numerous attacks by Iranian-backed Houthi militants. Earlier this month, ALAP-based Trucknet, which operates a digital marketplace to match importers with transportation companies, signed a cooperation agreement with the Emirati-based counterpart uh, PureTrans, FZCO, and the Dubai port operating company DP World. The agreement is geared to facilitate the transport of cargo on trucks on a bi-directional land route connecting the ports of Dubai or Bahrain, passing through Saudi Arabia, which is unbelievable, and Jordan, and getting to the port of Haifa, as well as Egypt, where cargo can continue to Europe. Trucknet signed a similar MOU with Alexandria-based logistics services company WWCS, which operates as an agency for the management of container transportation from ports and serves the Egyptian market. The cooperation will allow the use of Israel's border crossings for the transfer of goods on the land route from the port of Dubai through Saudi Arabia and Jordan to Israel, and from there through the Mediterranean or via land to Egypt. This week, we completed the construction of a land bridge route that will connect the United Arab Emirates to Israel and Egypt, said Trucknet founder Hanan Friedman. I think that's just unbelievable when you couldn't even go to Saudi Arabia. Just, you know, if it wasn't for Trump, this would not have happened here. But they're going around what uh, is going on down in the Mediterranean, I'm sorry, in the Red Sea. From Breitbart, Israel, UN officials no longer granted automatic visas. They've been covering up for Hamas. I love it. Tickles me to death. Israel announced that it will no longer automatically approve visa requests from UN officials due to the UN's silence on Hamas terrorism and its apparent collaboration with Hamas within Gaza. Visas for UN officials will henceforth be considered on a case-by-case basis. Israel has been frustrated for many years with the one-sided nature of deliberations at the United Nations, which tends to criticize Israel alone. And that means never North Korea, never, you know, Iran or any of these other people. Israel alone and completely out of proportion to criticism of any other country. It is also noted the role of the UNRWA in radicalizing young Palestinians and perpetuating the conflict. More recently, it is also noted that the UN's silence on Hamas, its indifference to the theft of international aid by Hamas, and its reluctance to condemn terror against Israel. Israel's also been sharply critical of the ICRC, which has not been allowed to visit Israeli hostages held by Hamas and has been passive in pushing for the right to do so, which it has under international law. 
From All Israel, Israeli government spokesman accuses UN of being complicit partners in Hamas's human shield strategy. And they were. They found in UN buildings that Hamas had been working out their wickedness. From the Gateway Pundit, Israeli drone finds terror tunnel in mosque beside school in Gaza, which is a war crime. Jerusalem Post, Israel's high court rules same-sex couples eligible to adopt children. I have a friend that is typing through the Bible right now, and he got he's from Israel, and then he got to um, Ezekiel 36 two days ago, and he was so angry at the country he is born in because of their stand on things like this. And he says exactly what Ezekiel was talking about 2,700 years ago is going on right now in Israel. It's unbelievable. Washington Post, Israel's ultra-Orthodox, who are exempt from military service, now enlisting voluntarily. Times of Israel, amid worker shortage due to war, Israeli constructors struggle to build. So they're having trouble building without, you know, all the people that are serving right now. Got some news from Christianity. Uh, Before I give you that, uh, Isaac in Uganda. Uh, People have been helping voluntarily over the past few years to get his sister through nursing school. She is on her last semester. They need $758 to get her through this semester, and uh, he needs immediately $400 just to get her enrolled. They will defer $358 if he gets the $400, but this is her last semester. She will be a registered nurse after this, but if you want to help, please let me know, and I'll tell you how you can get money to Isaac. Um, Also, Isaac uh, sent me a movie. All the people that have been helping over the uh, past months and months of building a house for him. Uh, it's coming along nicely. They put the iron roof on it this week, and he took a video of it, which I can send you. I will also, in the uh, update itself, include a couple photos so people can see what it looks like. It's very interesting. They've got this corrugated iron, but it looks like Mexican tile. It's really pretty to look at, and uh, so they're putting that on right now. They should be finished, but uh, looks very, very good. The house is still just bricks, and so it needs to be, uh, you know, plastered up and everything, but very good, and I want to thank everybody that's helped with that, because that's besides his ministry expenses. That's just been people graciously helping him build this house for him and his family. And then Silas in Kenya. The school is ready. It's built. We've got everything ready for him, uh, but uh, he would like to have uniforms and books for the children. They're going to start school, but they don't have uniforms and books, which he would like to get. If anybody wants to help with that, we need $1,788 to meet that need. So those are a couple needs from Uganda and Kenya. If you want to participate in that, please let me know, and I can tell you how you can help them. Uh, from the post-millennial, four Canadian churches burned just before Christmas. I didn't even know about this, and then here it is. Four churches across Alberta have been burned over the past few weeks, with the latest incident taking place just days before Christmas. The RCMP are investigating the fires, which Conservative Party leader Pierre, uh, some French name I can't pronounce, deemed to be motivated by an anti-Christian hatred. The first two churches to be torched were located in Barhead, a small town just north of Edmonton. On December 7th, St. Mary Abbott's Anglican Church and St. Aidan's Church were torched, and while the former burned to the ground, the latter is still structurally viable. 
It has been years since services were held in the historic buildings. However, they were nonetheless mainstays in the tight-knit community. The third incident took place on December 15th in Janvier, an even smaller town 120 kilometers north of Fort McMurray. The unused St. Gabriel Catholic Mission was destroyed, though its recently built replacement was not impacted. Most recently, on December 20th, a suspected arsonist leveled the SDA church in uh, Bessaker, just north of Calgary. So Seventh-day Adventists, I mean, they're, they got their theological problems, but they're under the umbrella of Christianity. So uh, people are attacking Christians in Canada. And my guess is there will be no arrests and nothing will be done about it, but that's just my guess. Uh, from the Superior Word News Service, special anointing oil or baptism by friar. <laughs> High Point pastor attempted to shove wife's co-worker's head into a deep fryer. In High Point, North Carolina, a pastor has been arrested after assaulting his wife's co-worker attempting to shove his head into a deep fryer. It appears his anger was just boiling over. A woman who was training to be a manager at South Main Street's McDonald's didn't relish it when her employees were disrespecting her. She called her husband, 57-year-old Dwayne Waden, to help handle her beef against the others. When Waden arrived, he walked in, then around the counter before placing his hands around the victim's neck and squeezing like a bottle of ketchup. <laughs> After grabbing his neck, Waden allegedly pushed the victim's head toward one of the restaurant's deep fryers. It's not clear if he was attempting to anoint him with holy fry oil or baptize him. Further, Waden punched the victim repeatedly in the face, almost as if demon-possessed. He did not stop striking him until a legion of employees intervened to pull Waden off the victim. The victim suffered a large contusion on his forehead and right eye and scratches on his neck. There's no indication Waden attempted to make amends by faith healing his victim. Police were able to watch surveillance footage of the incident prior to arresting Waden for assault and battery. Waden's Facebook page indicates that he is a semi-truck driver and a pastor at Elevated Life International Ministries. It is unclear if Waden will be seeking to start a prison ministry. <laughs> so he was battered. He was battered, yes. <laughs> That was, yeah, you know, I had to do my own article on that to add in the uh, obvious biblical references, but uh, from the Gateway Pundit, Woke UK Methodist Church Issues Inclusive Language Guide discourages use of hurtful terms like husband and wife. Those people have to stand before the Lord someday. Can you imagine that? From the Superior Word News Services, renowned theologian Adam Kinziger Christian Trump supporters don't understand their own religion. Got some news from the Mideast in Africa today. From Zero Hedge, leftist politician in Germany says migrants are entitled to mass loot grocery stores. Yeah, this sounds like the left in California. A shop owner in Germany was denounced as a racist for complaining about migrants mass looting his store, while a left-wing politician sided with the criminals saying they were entitled to steal. Grocery store manager Gatsky told Bild that the thieves who steal huge bags full of food are usually migrants, with around a third of them being Tunisian. During one incident at Edeka 
supermarket in Regzenberg. A man stole 140 euros worth of goods, while the manager has also tried to stop thieves stealing groceries worth 300 euros. In the bag were spirits, vodka, and liquors again. They are Muslims. Did they want to resell the alcohol? What do you need 10 sea bream and so many shrimp for? Nobody steals that because they're hungry. Nope. Gatsky noted that the culprits even steal shopping bags worth up to 250. However, he was denounced as racist for complaining about the mass looting and subsequently criticized by Farat Kochak, a retard of the Berlin House of Representatives <laughs> for the left party. Siding with the criminals, Kochak suggested that the migrants were entitled to steal because the government wasn't giving them enough free money and welfare payments. Uh, I did add one word into there. I'm sure you got that. But from Breitbart, majority of anti-Semitic crimes in Germany related to foreign or religious people. There have been hundreds of anti-Semitic politically motivated crime cases in Germany since the Hamas terror attack against Israel this year. And the majority of them are attributed to foreign ideology or religious causes. Why don't they just come out and say it? Islam, right? The German government has released new hate crime statistics after a request for information by the populist AFD faction in parliament, revealing that over 700 such crimes have been registered since the Hamas terror attack in October. DeWelt reports of the known causes for such attacks. Particular causes and nationalities stand out in most cases, revealing that among politically motivated anti-Semitism, the majority of cases are attributed to foreign ideology or religious ideology. The majority of known perpetrators are German passport holders, although to what extent these offenders come from a migration background? Following the German group, the most likely nationalities to be involved in anti-Semitism are Syrians, followed by Turks. Spokesman for the AFD group, which requested the data, pointed to the preponderance of Syrians in the statistics, noting that while Syrian passport holders made up 1% of the national population, they appeared to be responsible for 14% of the recorded political anti-Semitism. Curio said, well, reports that the proportion of Syrian is far higher than their proportion of the total population. The connection between the extent of the anti-Semitism that is now breaking out and the migration movement since 2015 has been proven. The German government, meanwhile, noted that anti-Semitism was a common thread in several extremist positions, which brought together otherwise totally unrelated groups. They're reported to have said, Israel phobia and even anti-Semitism are ideological components of here. First time we hear anything about this, Islamists. First time in the whole article they mention it. Secular extreme Palestinians, Turkish and right-wing German right-wing extremists, as well as parts of the German and Turkish left-wing extremists. The common enemy image of Israel means that all of these actors, some of whom are ideological fundamentally different can sometimes be found at the same meetings without any further cooperation taking place. One time in the entire article, they mention Islam. <laughs> Times of Israel, Turkey's Erdogan says Netanyahu worse than Hitler. Israel running Nazi camps. From Israel Hayom, Prime Minister hits back at Erdogan's Hitler comments, calls him the last one to preach. If you know Erdogan's record, you would agree with that. Now something interesting from Mongolia. 
How can it be that they're just doing this now from IFL Science? Mysterious 405-kilometer-long Great Wall of Mongolia studied for the first time. I mean, come on. This is 2023? Oh, yeah, it's a new year. Thank you. A section of the Great Wall of China that extends into Mongolia has been analyzed. Running roughly parallel to the border between China and Mongolia, the ancient barrier extends from Sukhbatar province to Dornad province in northeast Mongolia, where winter temperatures often fall as low as negative 13 degrees Fahrenheit. In spite of its scaling complexity, it is unclear when exactly it was built, who built it, and for what purpose, write the study authors. Consisting of an earthen wall, a trench, and 34 structures, the wall and its construction are mentioned in some historical records dating from the 11th to the 13th centuries. The Mongolian Ark contains numerous large gaps, suggesting that it was built in a hurry and therefore never fully fortified. One possible explanation for the gaps is that it was hastily built during the final years of the Jin dynasty as a defense against the Expected invading Mongol armies. I can't believe that it's been how many? Almost eleventh uh, to the thirteenth century, thousand years, and they're just studying this thing. It was too cold. It was too cold. That's what I was thinking. Minus thirteen degrees. That's cold. I would not be the one studying that. Um, Daniel twelve technology today from the mirror. Scientists create AI. They claim predicts when you will die with 78% accuracy. Through clever tech called life to vec it's like they take the story of your life and map out what might come next. These brainy folk from America and Denmark have used loads of data on people's lives, their jobs, where they live, any accidents they've had, if they've ever been pregnant, on over 6 million people. They now have a model that understands everyday language and can guess at things like if someone might die young, how much they could learn in their lifetime. The study shows being a boy, having mental health problems, or working skilled jobs can mean shorter lifespans, while earning lots of money or leading other people can add years to your life. The system life to vec treats each part of your life story like bits in a sentence to guess what's coming up based on what's already happened. The lead researcher says that the system isn't open to the public or companies to meet GDPR standards and keep private information safe. We are actively working on ways to share some of the results more openly. But this requires further research to be done in a way that can guarantee the privacy of the people in the study. Sentences like, in September 2012, Francisco received 20,000 Danish kroner as a guard at a castle in Elsnor, or during her third year at secondary boarding school, uh, Hermoine followed five elective classes, were given different tokens by the scientists. These pieces of data were all mapped out in relation to each other. These categories cover a wide range of human experience with different codes. For example, a forearm fracture is represented as S52. Income is represented as uh, by 100 different digital tokens, and postpartum hemorrhage is 072. Some of these relationships are intuitive profession, and income certain jobs make more money. 
The model can also predict people's personalities. To do this, Lehman and his team trained the algorithm to predict people's answers to questions on a personality test. But he warned, it's important to note that data were all from Denmark, so these predictions may not hold true for people living in other places. The model opens up important positive and negative perspectives to discuss and address politically. Even if life to Vec becomes publicly accessible, Danish privacy laws would prevent it from being used in individual decision-making, like shaping insurance policies or in employers choosing employees. So that's only in Denmark. I'm sure here in America, if we have another uh, Democrat Congress, they would use it against every Republican in the world. But it's interesting. 78% accuracy on when you will punch your ticket. Okay. Uh, It's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues noted in the book of Revelation. Uh, From currently, a volcano in Jackson. It's true. Could what has happened in Iceland occur in Mississippi? The Jackson Dome, I didn't even know this existed, or the effects of the uplift from the Jackson Volcano are widespread beneath the Jackson metro area. It is centered beneath downtown Jackson, but stretches from Ridgeland to Richland and from Clinton to Flowood and Pearl. At the apex is downtown Jackson, centered about where the fairgrounds are now and the Jackson Coliseum. The volcano was first discovered in the 1800s during geological surveys. In the 1900s, deep drilling brought up warm water and volcanic rock. He said the top of it sits about 4,000 feet underground. It probably last erupted toward the end of the Cretaceous period. So what would happen if the Jackson volcano erupted today? Well, let's just say trash collection and drinking water would no longer be at the forefront of the city's problems. The volcanic eruption on land would be dramatically different than the ones Uh, once at sea for the Jackson Volcano. The immediate effects of such an eruption would be devastating for the environment, not just in the Jackson metro area, but would affect the entire region with thick clouds and blankets of volcanic ash and toxic gases in the atmosphere. Now think of the book of Revelation here. I mean, this is something that could happen and they think, oh, it's a long way off. All you need is one little tremor and it could light this thing off. You could imagine it being like the destruction of Pompeii in this densely populated area. The volcanic rock pushing through the geologic layers on the way towards the surface would push the land around it up, and volcanic intrusion in the local geology would likely devastate the groundwater resources in the vicinity as well. The existence of an ancient volcano below Jackson is fairly well known, but it isn't the only one in the state. Others quietly lie below the surface of an area most closely associated with the blues, agriculture and big white-tailed deer. Because this is a hotspot type of volcanism, there are others associated with it. Here in Mississippi, there is a volcanic island complex in the Mississippi Delta region called the Monroe Sharkey Uplift by Geologists. It consists of Panther Burn Dome, Midnight Dome, Cary Dome in Mississippi, and Epps Dome across the river in Louisiana. These were first explored by oil and gas exploration companies in the 1930s as the presence of some sort of structures were evidently from early remote sensing surveys. So the whole area could go. It's just unbelievable. Never knew about that. Morality is declining. From the Gateway Pundit, Welsh government uses 14-year-old schoolgirls to attract refugee men from Africa in the Middle East to Wales. 
Yeah, the Welsh Labour government used taxpayer dollars to use underage girls to attract military-age illegal migrant men from Africa and the Middle East to Wales. The promo video started with two minor girls greeting the refugees and letting them know they would be arriving in a welcoming environment. Fleeing your country is difficult, but Wales wants you to feel welcome, one of the little girls said in an undated video. The other minor teen chimed in. The Welsh Refugee Council wants to help you. You can contact them here, she said, as contact info appears on the screen. We work together to ensure that our limited resources can be used best and for the effect and to speak with one voice on policies and practices affecting people seeking safety in Wales. The teen girls promised the refugees all kinds of free programs, such as help applying for bank accounts, medical benefits, education, English lessons, and helping find doctors. There are many job opportunities here in Wales, one of the underage girls said. Why is the Welsh government using minor teenage girls to entice military-age men from countries with no rape laws to join them in Wales? From the politics brief. Air Force Academy blasts end of race-based admissions, bemoans loss of DEI standards. What a bunch of, they need to fire that guy, get rid of all of the leadership there. The AFA's top official worried the Supreme Court's decision that race-based admissions were unconstitutional, which they are, would set back the service's warfighting imperative of building a racially diverse military. Well, you know, I was in in the 80s and we had as many blacks as we did whites and they were like, 10% of the population at the time. They're insane, these people. Although the justices did not overtly apply the decision to military schools, the records show how the AFA scrambled to minimize the impact of the June 29th decision on racial diversity goals. The Air Force's definition of diversity includes race, ethnicity, gender, personnel, personal life, experience, cultural knowledge, prior education, work experience, and spiritual perspectives, department guidance states. I was in Manning Control in the CBPO at Yokota Air Force Base, Japan in 1984 through 1990. In that time frame, I was in Manning Control. I had three black girls all working with me. I mean, it's just one office and a billion offices around the Air Force. It, there's nothing unusual about it. Other news. Zero Hedge. Expect to be shot. I love this lady. Ohio p prosecutor tells would-be store looters. Hamilton County, Ohio prosecutor Melissa Powers was forced to weigh in on the issue of self-defense during robbery attempts after indicating a smoke shop manager who allegedly shot a 16-year-old boy to death after he attempted to rob the store. The manager of the store, 29-year-old Tony Thacker, shot the would-be robber on his way running out of the store. You can't do that, okay? If somebody's facing that direction, you can't shoot them. But I will tell you, quite often cops are charged with murdering somebody, and then they do the investigation, and they find out that you can turn so quickly that the cop shoots, and he's, it's in the back when he was actually facing him a second earlier. Okay, so we don't really know the whole story on this, but you can't go shooting people in the back. Okay, just so you know that. All right. Um, Anyway, uh, her comments also came with a stern warning to looters. There is simply no justification for shooting someone as they're running away. However, I want to make it perfectly clear. These retail thefts will not be tolerated. If you try to rob a store, you should expect to be shot. Thacker was inside the store when numerous people threw rocks through the front window to gain entry. 
The report says Thacker lived in the back of the business and when he went to investigate, found a 16-year-old and a 19-year-old. Thacker wasn't allowed to own a firearm due to a previous felony, so that's another strike against him. He received as a child. Nonetheless, he shot the 16-year-old and continued to shoot at the other suspects before they attempted to leave the scene in stolen vehicles. The manager uh, then reportedly tried to disable the store's alarm and hide the shell casings. The report says he was indicted on charges of felonious assault, tampering with evidence, and illegal possession of a firearm. And his brother, who helped him with the attempted cover-up, was charged with tampering with evidence. The 19-year-old faces potential life in prison and is facing charges of murder, burglary, and possession of criminal tools. Three other suspects were also arrested, the report says. They also face murder and burglary charges. So, there you go. Mail Online. Uh, I would like to nominate this person for the stupidest person on Earth. Are we living in a simulation? Scientist claims we're simply characters in an advanced virtual world and says he has an easy way to prove it. According to Melvin Vopson, an associate professor in physics at the University of Portsmouth, our lives contain several clues that suggest we're merely characters in an advanced virtual world. For example, the fact that there's limits to how fast light and sound can travel suggests they may be governed by the speed of a computer processor. Yeah. The laws of physics that govern the universe are also akin to computer code, he says. Well, like DNA, it's like computer code. What does that tell you? It tells you that somebody really intelligent put all this together. But he doesn't want to admit that. While elementary particles uh, that make up matter like are like pixels, one of the most convincing clues is the symmetry that we observe in the everyday world, from butterflies to flowers, snowflakes, and starfish. Now, think of this. You have a computer that we're inside of. Who made the computer? In, you know, they're just moving everything back one, but it's retarded thinking. Anyway, symmetry is everywhere because it's how the machines render the digitally constructed world. This abundance of symmetry in the universe is something that has never been explained. Ever. It's never been explained. When we build or design things, we have to use the most symmetric shapes to simplify the process. The academic also thinks the bizarre and little understood world of quantum mechanics suggests life is not what it seems. Namely, he points to quantum entanglement, a weird physical phenomenon that legendary physicist Albert Einstein described as spooky action at a distance. Quantum entanglement describes two particles and their properties becoming linked without physical contact with one another. This means two different particles placed in separate locations, potentially thousands of miles apart, can simultaneously mimic each other. This is remarkably similar to how two people can interact through virtual reality. This could, however, be explained by the fact that within a virtual reality code, all locations, mean points, should be roughly equal far from a central processor. I just don't understand how they can allow people like that to say, I'm a professor of anything. I just, you know, there is a God, okay? If we're in a computer, then there is a God that created the computer or whatever. Just everybody moves everything back one, but they won't go any further, okay? But you know who their God is. Oh, I know who their God is itself. It's just, we are the arbiters of everything, 
I know I'm being sarcastic today, but this entire week has been just as bizarre as it can be. Anyway. That dude is the architect behind the O'Biden administration. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. Zero hedge. Chicago City Council blocks effort to allow citizens to vote on sanctuary city status. They're tired of it, and they say, no, you can't vote on that. But then they're suing Texas for sending people up to their sanctuary city. Mail online. Do you know that Mickey Mouse is no longer copyrighted? Okay. Mickey Mouse slasher film trailer debuts as the iconic Disney character emerges from copyright and enters the public domain. A new indie horror film called Mickey Mouse's Trap is eyeing a March 2024 release. U.S. law allows a copyright to be held for 95 years, with January 1st of every year bringing a new wave of intellectual property that anyone can use. They've already got it filmed. They had it in advance. They released the trailer already, but now we're going to have a Mickey Mouse slasher film, if that interests you. Okay, who said it? If a truly just man lived, let him die as he has lived. I might add the just man will be scourged, racked, will have his eyes put out, and will at last be crucified. Who said that? Charlie Garrett. No. You're not going to believe it. Plato. Plato. That guy figured something out in advance. Okay. I got a couple of ironies here for you. I'd like to tell you, though, before I give you the ironies, that today we sang the song, It Is Well With My Soul. The guy was out on the ocean, or his family was, and they were lost at sea. Okay? And he wrote the song, It Is Well With My Soul. On the 2nd of January at 9 o'clock in the morning, I came home from the mall. Going to start my, uh, restart my sermon typing, which I put on hold for a little while. I'm sorry, it was Tuesday, so it was a restart the work that I was doing. Sermon is Monday. Uh, but Tuesday at 9 o'clock in the morning, I walked in the door, and my wife was talking to the doctors. And they told her she has breast cancer. And the first thing I thought is, it is well with my soul. I mean, what are you going to do? This is the world we live in. It's a fallen world. And I will be praying for my wife every day. I love her very much. We've been married for 39 years. But through life or through death, we are Jesus's. We belong to him. So I want you all to know that if you are facing something that is terminal, you should not allow that to affect your faith at all. If you do, your faith is probably needing a tune-up because Jesus Christ died for our sins. If your sins are removed, that means that you will enter into the presence of God once again. And when you do, all of the things that are bothering us right now, bad days, cancer, whatever it is, it'll all be behind us forever. This is a fallen world and bad things happen to people, even good people, people that are belonging to Jesus. So I would ask you to not be overly concerned about the things that happen in this world. Yes, there's stress. The most stressful thing for me out of this was not getting the news that my wife has breast cancer. The most stressful thing for me was for two months waiting for the biopsy and not telling my family because if there was nothing wrong, I would have unnecessarily burdened them. And as soon as we found out, the very first thing I said to her is, I want you to call your children and tell them what has happened. Okay? 
Come here. Come up here. Yeah. Come up here. Let people see how okay you are. She's got the same smile on her face she had before she got the news. This is my beautiful wife of 39 years. And we're going to work through this together, no matter what. And for all I know, I could get in a car accident on the way home and be dead. I'm not worried about these things. It is well with our soul. <laughs> oh, I got to give you my ironies. Okay, from the Superior Word News Services. Genocidal maniac Rashida Tlaib calls Netanyahu genocidal maniac. Blasts U.S. lawmakers meeting him. And from Breitbart. Stanford professor named co-chair of anti-Semitism committee resigns after being exposed as an anti-Israel lunatic. <laughs> Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.